0: I'm John Edwards, the Lute Player and Artistic Director of The Musicians in Ordinary. You're hearing an excerpt from the Pavan from William Law's Royal Consorts, Set 9, which we used in our audiobook performance of John Milton's Comus, which is available on this podcast feed. That performance and this podcast are supported by The Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada, the Killam Trust, York University, the SPEM in Allium Fund of the Toronto Foundation, and individual donors. With perhaps one exception, Henry Law's original settings of the songs in Comus have survived, but the dance and incidental music specified throughout the mask have not, or if they have, are not designated as such in any source. In our radio play-style performance of Comus, we chose to use dance music by Henry Law's brother, William, mostly from his collection called The Royal Consorts, at the points prescribed for instrumental music in Milton's text. In this second Zoom chat with our dramatic director, Heather Davies, about the music of Comus, she and I talked about the choices we made and performance practice generally in mask dance music.
1: John, so turning our attention now to the dance music in Komas, uh, I'm wondering if we could uh, dive into that a little bit, where it's specified, how it's uh, similar to previous masks, and how it's different.
0: Uh, it's specified in s- certain places throughout uh, the piece. Most Jacobean masks would have an anti-mask near the beginning. It's usually with some sort of subhuman class dancing Apes, witches, things like that, and there'd be some acrobatic elements to that. And these usually would be professional dancers. There'd also be sometimes nymphs played by the little ladies of court, uh, Alice Edgerton, who played the lady in Comus, had previously performed in Jacobean court masks as one of these little ladies. And uh, you'd sometimes have dances of haymakers or different country folk as well. Uh, in Comus, the country folk dance close to the... They're virtuous country folk, so they dance close to the mask proper towards the end of the mask. So you have the anti-mask, the aristocrats come in and sort things out, and then you have this very ordered dance towards the end. I presume the country folk then are close to the to the mask proper because they want to be depicted as... Um, Still bumpkins, but more virtuous bumpkins, we could imagine. It's specified uh, throughout, as I say, there's different spots where it comes. But we started off with um, the big pavan from Royal Consort's Set 9 by William Laws. Set 9's in F major. So we started with this big pavan because, though it's not specified, most productions you see of any kind have an overture of some sort. And it, uh, the F major uh, suite or set, as he calls it, goes well by key into the Damon's right. song. So, so again, just to be
1: clear, in, in, in this production for this particular mask, you made curated choices about which uh, pieces you were using for the dance sections. Is that right?
0: Sure. Yeah. So there are some things we know, right? Well, some types of dances were used here and there. But there's specific places where the dances mm-hmm. go in. However, this pavan, because a pavan is a kind of a um, processional dance, it's in fact, it's been compared, the steps of it have been compared to the wedding march, in fact. So we used as an, sort of an entrance dance or an overture, though it's not specified, we used this pavan in F major. The first place music is, dance music is specifically. Required uh, is when Comus comes in. He chats for a bit, and then he says, "Come, knit hands and beat the ground in a light, fantastic round." And then the stage direction says, "The measure, a kind of a dance. The measure in a wild, mm-hmm. rude." I love ante. that
1: stage direction.
0: Yeah, an antic, an antic dance, or sometimes it's spelled mm-hmm. antique. Um, the we used uh, two dances here. One of them is from another suite of the Royal Consorts. Uh, But the first one is uh, in a separate manuscript entirely, and it's just in two parts. It's called Antic, and it's by William Laws. But it's just in two parts, one treble part and one bass part. So Christopher Verrett, our leader and violinist, added inner parts to that to fill it out for the same Mm -hmm. ensemble as we used then we use a corant, a triple time dance that has these, uh, it has whole places where you hold the note that sort of seemed to me like uh, the dances from the witches' dance uh, that from uh, right. Mask of Queens, uh, a much earlier Jacobean mask. So these sort of uh, could be um, dramatic or preposterous postures taken by the dancers by in this case a bunch of drunks or the witches in the earlier one so that's the first place music is specified just after we move the scene the scene moves to comus's lair or comus's hideout the reveal comes and the stage direction is the scene changes to a stately palace set out with all manner of deliciousness now, in the 1637 printed version, it says here, soft music. It doesn't say that in the performance version from the Bridgewater manuscript. There we used a Pavan in D minor that's in the same uh, scoring as the Royal Concerts. And it's quotes heavily from John Dowland's Lacrime Pavan um, in Chippets, or the first four notes of that. Uh, used in the song flow my tears it's um a musical emblem for melancholy so this long pavan uh, we used there to represent her sadness mm-hmm. as being captured then the things move on and and it's specified uh when the scene goes to uh ludlow castle it says the scene changes then is presented ludlow town and the president's castle then come in country dances and the like Towards the end of these sports, the daemon with the two brothers and the lady come in. So we have these virtuous country folk dancing. He sings the song Back Shepherds Back and dismisses them and then addresses the uh, lady and the lord and says, now watch your children do these classy dances. Then that's the mask proper. Typically in a, a Jacobean mask, you'll have groups of dancers that have a duple time dance like an almain that's attached to a faster mm-hmm. triple time thing so the, the royal consorts there's a lot of groups of almains and currants together so the uh, set in f has a bunch of these together so we do those as the um, da- mask proper danced by the children and mm-hmm. the daemon um, and then it finishes with a saraband, which is a fast, uh, it's just a dance that's just becoming fashionable. The saraband's very quick uh, in this period, uh, n- not like a Bach saraband much later. Then, um, as you'll remember, the demon sings a song dismissing the audience and saying, "My now my task mm-hmm. is smoothly done. Now, in Jacobean masks, very often what would happen was the with the maskers, the People who had just been dancing the the mask would go out into the audience and grab members of the audience. Then they'd have social dancing till it was time for the king to go home. Now, that's not specified in Comus. Uh, A slightly later domestic uh, mask, Cupid and Death, does not have that. So we didn't do that. But there could have been, for us in our performance of it, and there could have been at the time, as much social dancing until right. everybody got tired, as the evening proceeded. Yeah, that, that
1: dance, uh, you know, is there dancing at the end? That would be
0: that would be fun to do in a performance. You know, you'd have have to have an easy way to get down from the stage and drag people in. Yeah, I think, I think and that would be great.
1: I think too, even just sitting and re- reviewing them there uh, as you were talking, really again affirms to me just how important the the total experience of the combination of both text and music is working together to create the total mm-hmm. performance experience in, in the mask. You, you, you know the
0: it's it's yeah it's a synesthetic form the mask is it's not just one one experience it's not it's not a play it's not a ballet yet uh, it's not a song recital it's all of that at the same time. So
1: in in the the section we were just talking about with regards to the the dance music, you mentioned the Royal Consorts. So, so why choose Royal Consorts?
0: Yeah. Why this music? Uh, William Laws is the composer of uh, a number of sets or suites of dance music. He calls the Royal Consorts. William Laws is Henry Laws's brother. So it seemed, he seemed a good choice to choose his music. Because, obviously, Henry Laws, who seems to be the impresario, would have access to his brother's music. And William Laws is also a very good composer. He's really the greatest instrumental composer of his generation. He's also a very good songwriter, like his brother. Uh, The one that people would know uh, was his setting of Gather Ye Rosebuds, While You May. He's born in 1602, so he's a younger brother. And he also worked at court as a musician in Ordinary for the Lutes and Voices. He got that job in the 1630s. He was killed in the English Civil War at the Siege of Chester. So once we've chosen William Law's, his music, to play, uh, we needed to think about the scoring. The earlier court masks, the Jacobean ones, the scoring would be typically one violin, three violas and a bass violin, sort of a big cello, but members of the violin family. By the 1630s and 40s, the new Italian fashion for using two treble instruments, so two violins, uh, a tenor instrument and a bass instrument, that's just coming in, and the Royal Consorts use that in their earlier version. There's a much later version of the Royal Consorts where uh, William Laws is, scores it for two violins, two bass viols, and two theorbos to fill in the chords. But they also the theorbos have melodic mm, material. in That sounds song. exceptional. It's a it's a great uh, it's a great sound. Yeah, but uh, the earlier version is probably, according to John Cunningham, the man who wrote the book on William Laws's consort music. Uh, The earlier version appears to be functional dance music, or certainly could be used as functional dance music, and the later version seems to be domestic chamber music. So we chose this earlier version for that reason. So we did use two bass files Mm -hmm. in our scoring because they cross over occasionally. They're sort of in the same range much of the time and go too low for a violin family Mm -hmm. viola de braccia. Uh, Cupid and Death, in fact, which I was just mentioning before, it seems to have had two treble instruments in the scoring. It's slightly later, 1652, but it's also a domestic mask. Uh, It didn't seem likely that the Edgerton family place in the country would have access to the full panoply of court music, like oboes and trombones to use for um, infernal scenes and things like this. Uh, so we chose to just stick with uh, and, and yeah, the string. And
1: yeah, I mean, through. the the instrumentation that you chose has, I mean, I, I love it. It has a, a, a great impact and does the storytelling that I think is completely appropriate to, you know, provide the dance music and also create a sense of mood and tone when we make those shifts from scene to scene. Um, you know, so to me, it, it's the... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Well, he's a, he's a great composer, and um, uh, I, I, I love his mm-hmm. uh, consort music.
1: Well, it's I just want to say thank you for talking us through the dance music in commas. It's been great.
0: Well, thanks very much to you for directing our little project, and uh, I hope everybody will go back and listen to it if they haven't already. That was director Heather Davies in conversation with me, John Edwards. Scroll back in the podcast feed to listen to the whole of Comus, if you haven't already, and the various movements of the dance music we recorded for it. Check musiciansinordinary.ca for Heather's bio and those of our other performers. Subscribe to our podcast for more music and poetry of the 16th and 17th century, and more chat about it. And if you would like to help support these podcasts, please make a donation by going to musiciansinordinary.ca
1: and click through to canadahelps.org.